All day I faced a barren waste without the taste of water. Cool water. Oh, Dan and I with throats burned dry and souls that cry for water. County Council moves forward with a $248 million fiscal year budget. A whole lot of shaking going on at the Anderson County Museum. Bluegrass Summer Nights bring free concerts to Anderson, plus updates from Iva, Honeyapath, and Pelzer on this edition of the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust podcast, June 23rd, 2022. The year is more than half over. And it's officially summer, and the thermometer confirms it with temperatures near 100 degrees. If you love the heat, this is your season. If not, like many of us, the next 90 days are going to be tough. But the return of the downtown block parties on Thursday, which tonight features Wanda Johnson, summer music events in Iva Belton, and the new bluegrass nights in Anderson's Christmas Lights Village help take some of the edge off of summer. And Ben Phillips said those bluegrass concerts are free and gathering popularity, and I hope everybody can get out and hear some of that. First of all, talk about where the idea for this came from. Well, you think about this. There's a guy that does this wonderful thing named Kerry Downtown Sounds, and he does every Thursday and runs it throughout the summer and stuff like that. And he came to me one day, we're sitting eating lunch, and he says, why don't you do bluegrass? Nobody does bluegrass around here. And I said, well, when would I do it? He goes, do it on Tuesday. That way everybody can go to yours and everybody can come to ours. I said, well, I can't do it down in Wren Park because you already do your thing there. And he goes, no, you got the perfect setting. Anderson Christmas lights, go out there and do it out there. And I got thinking about it, you know, he's right. We do have the perfect setting and it looks perfect and everything like that. We got perfect place to park it. So I said, same format. He goes, yeah, do it free. And guess what? You build it, they'll come. And people who love bluegrass now have a place in Anderson County that they can come and enjoy bluegrass. It's on Tuesdays. Now, we tried it last year and it, it, it was amazing. It was phenomenal. This year we're having a little trouble getting bands because there's not that many bluegrass bands out there anymore. So as many as we can, we're booking as, as, as much as we can. So tonight um, is the 1st of June, basically, and we've got our bluegrass band here. We've got two in July, and it'll be the week, in, the week after the 4th and then the following week. And then we've got one in August, uh, one in September, and two in October. Uh, if anybody wants to come out here and play, show us your craft and stuff like that, please do. We'd love to have you here. Um, like I said, cost of admission is uh, your gas to get here. We've got all kinds of food you can want. You get hamburgers, hot dogs some night. We've got barbecue tonight, by the way. Uh, homemade lemonades. Uh, there's raspberry and there's regular lemonade. This is the best fellowship in the world that you can have. Everybody comes out and just enjoys good live music. And uh, what kind of feedback have you been getting from people who've been coming? Keep doing it. Everybody keeps saying, keep doing it, we'll pass the word around and they'll come out. And this year, they were so excited about it, they decided, let's bring out classic cars. So we started throwing the classic cars into it. I figured maybe one, two, three might show up. I was shocked at how many classic cars actually show up to this event. And as, uh, remind people they can find out more about Facebook's the best place? Facebook, or you can go to our website and see exactly where everything is. Go to andersonchristmaslights.org, click on the uh, hot rods and sparks on the bluegrass, and you'll find us. And speaking of Anderson Christmas lights, as we stand here, 
We are just a few months away from what's coming new this year for Anderson Christmas lights. 85 degrees and we're standing outside talking about Christmas. This is great. Um, some of the things that we've got, we got a new place that you can actually get on a uh, ride and take, do your hay rides around the property. So we built a brand new stable for that. Santa Claus has a new house that he can come in. Uh, new entranceway into the village. We've got uh, a lot more surprises coming, let's put it that way. And remind people when that is, and it is, it'll be here before people know it. Before you blink your eyes, it will be here. We open Thanksgiving Day, we run to Christmas Day, open every day at 5.30, close at 10 o'clock. It's all, still going to be $10 admission. We're not raising the price. Everybody says, well, the price is gone. Nope, price is still $10. And people who want to volunteer, do you like volunteers? Love volunteers. You can reach us at office at andersonlightsofhope.org, and Danny will send you an email right back. What am I going to ask you, Ben? What am I missing? There's so much that we're going to be doing out here. We've got scouts that we, if you want to join a scout pack now, uh, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, guess what? We've got that. We've actually chartered it here and they've got this whole complex all to themselves and they're looking to grow there at that. Um, in the spring, we're looking to have a Pinewood Derby event out here. We're looking at a fall event called Fair Haven where all the international uh, foods and uh, crafts will be out here doing. So there's always going to be something fun going on here in Anderson County for you. So just because it's called Anderson Christmas Lights doesn't mean it's just for Christmas. Our tagline is really simple. We're more than just Christmas lights. And meanwhile, summer means it's budget time for our towns and cities across Anderson County. And that was the most significant issue in Tuesday night's County Council meeting. County Council Vice Chairman Brett Sanders recapped that meeting for me. Hello, Anderson County. This is Councilman Brett Sanders recapping June the 21st, 2022's council meeting. Uh, basically, tonight we had... Um, a couple ordinances to transfer uh, a piece of property that was in the Star Iva area that uh, we had cleaned up with some grant money and the uh, town of Iva has someone interested in developing the property for some residential use so uh, we donated that property uh, tonight to give to them and that way uh, they'll build on it and It'll go back on the uh, tax books. Also granted an easement to Duke Energy uh, on a piece of property in Belton to do an electric car charging station. And I think Councilman Graham said tonight, you know, uh, people have electric cars, it shows where the charging, charging stations are. So hopefully it'll bring a little more uh, foot traffic and business traffic down into the town of Belton. That's right between the library and the museum, so it's a good location. Yeah, good location. So. We also had um, two ordinances tonight. Uh, to one was to uh, prohibit a uh, certain motor vehicle on Massey Road, which was in my district, and there was the same uh, for Longview Road in Miss Cindy Wilson's district, District 7. And that uh, little two-lane windy roads that uh, what was happening, the GPS units and things were sending uh, some heavy trucks and equipment down those roads. Uh, we got those uh, prohibited or on the council to voted to uh, prohibit that type of traffic and it also uh, our roads and bridges department to reach out so that uh, your GPS and your little Tom Tom and your ways and your certain apps it won't show those roads for those guys and I wanted to make sure that was clear so someone didn't actually get sent down that way and, and get a ticket so hopefully uh, that'll be updated and Everyone will uh, see less heavy equipment on those two rows. 
There was also an ordinance that we had voted on previously on the time frame that a uh, project that is turned down at the Planning Commission can come back to Planning Commission. I don't think there was a time frame before. Uh, we had voted, uh, it's already on our ordinances, but we voted a, a six month and we've got to be, uh, now we realize that if we do a 90 day or three month deal, it coincides with the Planning Commission meetings and I think it'll uh, expedite things and make things a little easier on the Planning Commission plus a uh, shortened time frame for someone to uh, get a project revamped or make changes that they need to make. Uh, we also uh, tonight had second reading on the budget that was approved and it came, uh, we had a um, finance committee meeting and we had some things on the finance committee that we uh, discussed and went over. One was to do uh, some paving out at Kid Venture, uh, some sidewalks, things of that nature. We'd actually had a uh, a PARD grant, Parks and Recreation grant that uh, we received and the county um, put in another 50000 to match or actually it was a 90 something thousand dollar total project and uh, that will actually will be underway now. So that'll be a, a good thing. Hopefully it'll be open real, real soon for the summertime, a splash park, things of that nature out there. Uh, we also voted to uh, for a bid on some sewer exit 14 and um, I said it in the county uh, in our council meeting tonight I'm excited to see that uh, the American Rescue Plan Act some of the funds that Anderson County received uh, instead of just spending those funds on certain things that we actually decided to spend them on or invest those funds. And we've invested it in infrastructure and sewer, which we will see the returns on for years and years to come. I may not even be here and we'll still be seeing those returns. So I'm glad we have a council, a current council with that mindset on you know saving money, investing money. And there was also another investment with those same funds. We also have plans uh, to replace a, a pump station that has been uh, in service since the 1980s. So I have to give uh, Derek Singleton and the sewer department uh, uh, a round of applause for uh, maintaining and keeping that thing going well beyond its expected life. And we also had a uh, voted to do a new chiller at the Civic Center. And the one now is 31 years old. and. If anyone's ever been out to the Civic Center lately, it's either the air condition is high and it's freezing cold in there or it's hot. You know, there's no in-between. And that will, that chiller will actually be, um, take the place of two. So, and it's, that bid was going to a local company. The, the sewer on exit 14 was going to a local company. The money uh, being spent out at Kid Venture is going to a local company. I like seeing that as well. We're making investments in our future and we're, we're spending money and making those investments with local builders and contractors. So that's exciting to see as well. And also uh, tonight uh, from the finance committee, that was some of the things we we'd worked on as well. We also had a second reading on the budget. We had a budget workshop uh, June the 20th. Uh, so uh, that was yesterday. And what we decided, uh, we've been working on the budget and, and going through certain things. And really, the, the, the departments 
send their budget request in and, and going through all the all the departments budget request you get to looking and um, there was really uh not any real increases the increases that i saw in the budget was inflation fuel prices materials supplies and also the county is required to have a two-month reserve so you know the higher your overall budget is the higher or the more money you're going to have in that two months reserve so uh, that was one thing that i had noticed in the budget we also uh, made sure that uh, we had all the personnel that uh, our sheriff's department had requested so uh, they'll have all the personnel staff that they requested uh, we also ranked uh, some capital projects and that a lot of uh, budgeted money goes to capital projects all the roofs roofs on buildings uh plum i mean there's a lot of things so we sit down and actually ranked the capital projects and uh, approved the ones that are in dire need and you know next year you know you can't just keep putting things off but i think our 2024 budget is going to be a, a lot tougher and we're also uh, in the finance committee sat down and we're talking and discussing ways on how to go ahead and plan if our economy continues in, in the direction that it's going now to uh, plan for a, a decreased revenue source in for the 2024 budget and we're just now getting the 2023 budget so we're we're thinking and planning ahead it's not just uh sit down and, and do the budget in 30 minutes i mean it's a, it's a thought process with uh several committee members uh, our finance department uh, we also had uh no tax increase that that was the major thing and that's what we had worked hard on i mean with fuel prices and things that i mentioned earlier that's making your home budget and the county's budget you know higher is that was one thing that uh, our county council wanted to make sure that we can come in and, and budget without raising and putting a further burden on, on the taxpayers and the people of Anderson County. Um, we're also uh, applying any, we're expecting or we're told whether, you know, you get certain promises, certain things coming in that hasn't matured yet, but uh, increase in uh, money for from the state federal government on seafund uh, money which is money for paving and hopefully uh, that money will be increased and every bit of that money that's coming in will go towards paving and doing some more road and bridge repair and we've as a county we've continued to uh, pay down debt pay off debt and we're also sat down and worked on we have an, an issue with our jail and what people, you know, a lot of people don't realize is the, the state will come in or the federal government will come in and say, hey, guess what? You know, your jail is overcrowded, overcapacity, uh, not meeting our, our standards. I mean, it, it's, I've, took a, I've taken a tour out there more than one time. I'm sure you have as well. It is it's horrendous. And what we don't want is the state to come in or the federal government to come in and say, hey, we, we're just going to build what we want, and here's your bill. So we sat down, and we have a plan in place uh, that we will be rolling out soon, but we uh, have it, and we have positioned ourselves to where uh, we can build that jail without raising taxes. And 
that's going to be a, a feat within itself. But I think uh, we figured out a, a plan to uh, do it with uh, some debt that we've, we've paid off and paying off early. Um, uh, government's just like a household. I mean, you, you've got money coming in, and what's, what you have coming in, that's all you have. So, I mean, you've got to, to plan it wisely, and I think uh, we've done that in the finance department. I think our finance department um, staff, I mean, there is a lot of work that goes into it. And uh, you get you hear accolades on what the finance committee's done on the budget, but, man, you couldn't do anything without our finance department staff. Yeah. They provide you with all the tools, information necessary, and, I mean, it's one, one small change over here changes everything. So, I mean, it... They do a, they do a, a tremendous job, and they make uh, they make you look good, you know, or they've made me look good, and our, our finance committee look good, and uh, that's all on on them. And uh, I appreciate all the hard work and effort they put in. I appreciate their patience with, with me and our committee, and I just hope that uh, the citizens of Anderson will appreciate the work and efforts that we've done and like I said the, the, the great thing about it is no tax increase. Meanwhile IVA is seeing increasing interest from businesses and an increase in housing starts and town manager Tim Taylor offered me this summer update on his town. Let's start with downtown. What's, what's new downtown in IVA and what's going on here the last few months and going into the summer here? Well downtown um, we're starting to see it uh, I won't come alive again, I, I think is, is uh, maybe the right thing to say. Um, we, some of the buildings have been purchased. The town has purchased a few of the buildings as well. Um, just as uh, a way that we can oversee the, um, the new redevelopment that we want to see down there. Um, our landscaping, we're trying to take, pay particular attention to that because we think that attracts um, future business owners and, and uh, developers to come look at our downtown. It, you know, we have our restaurants are open and uh, people enjoy downtown. They enjoy downtown Pendleton, they enjoy downtown Belton, and our folks enjoy downtown Iva. And um, we try to make sure we have events and have things that go on that um, feature our downtown. Um, obviously, we want to see the business um, side of downtown flourish more. And so we're we're going to be working on things to, to make sure that happens. There's a row of buildings on the lower part of downtown. Folks around here and Iva will know it as the old liquor store. There's an old washerette down there, and there's there's four buildings that the town recently purchased, so that we could try to uh, make sure we had available. We have a lot of people that will call us from time to time. Do you have a, a building for this? Is there a building rent? Because we rely on our local mom and pa shops, the boutiques, the small restaurants. And so now that the town has those buildings, it puts us in a position where we can hopefully match a, um, a prospect with a facility. And so right now we're in the process of getting those buildings renovated, painted, new floors, those kind of things uh, to get them ready. So we should have those buildings ready um, for rental, I'd say probably mid-July, 1st of August. That's going to help that part of downtown because you can focus, we focus a lot around the square, but our main street, you've got Highway 81, which is the commercial corridor, which will develop itself over time. 
but the the small main street that used to be the main thoroughfare through town we want to we want to bring that back and so um by being able to purchase some of these buildings um we're, we're hoping to achieve that and that's the area that that street you're talking about is that is that the parade route or am I it on? is the parade route okay. it's east front street okay mm -hmm. and are there any new businesses downtown that have opened recently or we just had a tanning um salon she can call it open and she's doing great right now is the time you know everybody's uh, getting their summer tans going um, so she she's doing well up there um, we have a dance studio been here for a little bit of time now but they're they're doing um, um, dance recitals and those kind of things there so um, from time to time you'll have a lot of parents come in on the downtown and, and what's good about it is if they come early enough they can eat here as well of course, our summer nights is going on, and the events that we have, um, monthly events, you know, we bring a crowd into downtown. Uh, we're working with the Dime Store. The Dime Store is a main building there in downtown. You are aware, I think we mentioned this before, but we were fortunate enough to have an earmark in the state budget uh, about two years ago that Representative um, or the state Senator um, Mike Gambrell got for us. And uh, we've been utilizing that. We just completed the new roof, um, and now we are. Uh, working on the the air condition system which is very expensive by the way and to get the right type for that building you know we're just going back and forth with with prices it's, it's been a little frustrating but uh, as soon as we get that done then we can move on with the cosmetics so we want to have that building open in the fall um, the cosmetics would be painting new windows and those kind of things that'll be the fun part but the infrastructure in the building um, this is an old building. It had to have a new roof. We've got to have a new air conditioning system in it. We've got to have an electrical upgrade, plumbing. All those kind of things are going to take time. They're, they're frustrating because they cost a lot. And those are things people don't see. But to be able to see the building painted, new awnings and those kind of things, um, we would, you know, I, I think we're a little late. We would have liked to have already had that done, but, um, but we're getting closer. So uh, by fall, when we have our fall events, um, hopefully we'll have that building open for people to go in and see it. It may not be usable um, for uh, community events and those kind of things, but at least it will, will be ready for people to go and take a look at it. And then maybe the first part of next year we can actually put it into use. What about plans to get the library downtown? Where are we at on that? So that the library is a very exciting um, thing that's coming to IVA. We have a library here, of course. The library's been in IVA for for years, ever since I was a kid, and far beyond that. Um, Anderson County Library um, was once across the street from Town Hall, and then they built a, a nice facility down at the district office area, which is where the Highway 181, uh, Highway 81 ball fields are now. The District 3, um, District 3 owns all that property. District 3 is expanding and they want to bring all their staff, um, IT staff, their administrative staff, their, um, they want to bring everybody on one rooftop. In order to do that, they need to look at either building onto their existing facility or purchasing a facility close by and fortunately the library is, is just next door. That would have everything in one uh, block setting down there. The district office would be uh, basically one block in town which would consist of the library and the ball fields. The ball fields will become the new school bus parking lot for all the buses, the transportation, IT, maintenance. Um, these, these departments are spread out among the schools and, and the superintendent um, wants to bring everybody under one rooftop. 
we're all on board with this because this increases traffic flow on 81, which helps us with our economic development desires for Jacksonville. It's a win-win for everybody. The library itself, um, this, this town owns the old fire department up on Main Street, or East Front Street. We're limited in the uses of that facility. It's got to be used for municipal purposes and for public purposes. So it's not like we can take that building and you know show it to a developer and try to get a restaurant in there. The building has to be used for specific public use. Um, so we have identified that building as the location for the new library. Uh, what's great is there's great partnership between the town, the county, and the library system and the state. Um, so what will happen is the library will move to this facility and it's you know it's going to be a state-of-the-art facility when everything's said and done. The library is moving from books to technology and so the library director has been incredible in her desires and what she wants to see in that library and she wants a state-of-the-art uh, library here in town and, and we're the beneficiaries of that. Um, she's been very specific about um, more computers um, an internet cafe type of, of setting. Uh, this is going to be great because um, for this area down here and with gas prices, you're not going to go to the Anderson County Library, which is a nice facility in Anderson. You need that more local here. So um, having more computers in there is going to be great for our local community here. Um, but the building itself is going to be absolutely beautiful and it's going to be a major improvement to Main Street. Um, and we're, we're excited. And I think renderings will be available soon. The county's taking the lead on that. Um, and again, I can't say thank you enough for the partnership between the school district, the county, and the town. Um, the state has um, uh, Mike Gambrell and Representative West, have, Jay West, have worked tirelessly in making sure that there's earmarks in the state budget to help with this. Um, and like I said, the renderings will be available soon. This is going to be an exciting thing. There is, um, years ago uh, in town, the, the ball field was uh, where everybody came together and played, ball field, uh, played softball. So there's an emotional attachment to that field and there's nothing we can do to bring back you know, that, that era. But prior to um, the ball field sort of being uh, redeveloped into the bus parking lot. We'll do something down there to commemorate that history in town because it was a very important part of the community. It was a weekend thing that everybody um, did and in our museum you can see pictures of it and there's still a lot of folks here who remember those days. So we will do something commemorative down there to um, reflect on that history prior to um, the ball field being redeveloped into the bus parking lot. With that though, there is several possibilities for economic development um, in the town. You know, we think that with the traffic that's going to increase, that gives us an opportunity to maybe look at another fast food restaurant in the area, another red light in the area. Um, this traffic count increase will help our, you know, we, we want to see Jacksonville develop. Well, the one thing that we've talked about before is you got to have traffic count. you got to have more cars on that road. Um, this is definitely going to aid us in that prospect and so um, this is going to be very exciting. But at the end of the day, a brand new library on Main Street, the building the, the, the building the library is currently in is going to be repurposed. The district does a fantastic job of taking care of their facilities, well landscaped. Um, this is, IBA is a beneficiary of this and I think that these efforts are led by our superintendent and uh, we can't say thank you enough to her as well because she's a great visionary 
And this is all about the future of IVA uh, in this, this area. And it also stamps the importance of the library system in the town and the county. So uh, this is great, great news. And again, I want to say thank you for the partnership that we have. And a library downtown will also bring people into that area. I mean, the downtown area. Of course it will. be a real magnet. One, one interesting thing about the facility is um, our, our magistrate is in the building as well, Judge Graham. So she's going to have a bit of a facelift to her uh, area in that building. And then in the back side of that building, we have um, our mayor years ago uh, wanted to make sure there is a place for senior citizens to work out. And so the name is the Antique Body Shop, which is, is interesting. But those folks, uh, it's, it's a civic organization more than anything. And they're very, very important. And we wanted to make sure that they were taken care of and not booted out of their building, so to speak. And so we've, we've, um, we've looked at, can the space be shared? Should we look at another facility for them? And interestingly enough, we were able to find another facility um, right, just right up the road. It's a bigger facility. So uh, they benefit as well because they're going to have a bigger facility and we're going to look at having that as a, as a gym for the public as well. Uh, when we hear people talk, they say, we need this, we need that, you know, we need a grocery store, we need, you know, new restaurants. You know, we hear a lot of wishes from people and one of the things that we've heard is Ivan needs a gym. So this will be a facility where not only senior adults can work out, but anybody from the area, there'll be a membership fee and all this and that, and we'll get all that worked out you know, soon with the details, but this is, this is gonna be a nice facility for everybody to use. The senior adults obviously will have um, their times of the day where, where it's their facility, but, um, but we're gonna make sure it's available for the, for the public as well. So um, this whole thing, the, the whole thing with the library system has, you know, we see the sprouting of other benefits as a result of it. So it's going to be a good thing. I know County Council, uh, each district is doing recreation studies. Uh, how, do you know how, is it too early to decide how that's going to impact IVA to studying your, your parks and your rec down here? Well, I'm not aware what they're doing, but, but I'm excited about that because parks and recreation is a major component to any small town. Um, and it's an expensive component, so having help and aid from the county will definitely uh, will definitely welcome that. Um, and there's a lot of areas that we've identified that would be um, that we would like to see more recreation in, more playgrounds, um, uh, in particular our well, the ball field now becoming the the bus parking lot. We have another ball field down on Highway 184 that we're going to redevelop. There's some old abandoned um, tennis courts down there that we're going to repurpose and redo, maybe with pickleball courts. Um, the ball field itself, we'll be taking up the old wooden poles and replacing the, those with the big metal poles from the ball field here up in town. And so as we do that, we've identified that area as a place for a new playground, which would probably fit into the county's um, study as, as, as parks and recreation as well. So um, I would like to look into more, look into that more, and um, make sure that we're available um, to talk with them about that. Um, District Three is wide open for recreation, as you know. We have lakes here. We have um, just beautiful, beautiful landscapes here, and it, it's an area where I think recreation is welcome. So um, glad you mentioned that. I'll be checking into that. 
And the, the sports program's already active for the kids. That's right. Stuff. Y'all have that, that's fun. Right. The, the Dixie Tournament's going to be held here in just a few weeks, which is a big, big thing. It's a, it's a great thing for the county, but in particular, Iowa, because they're right here. So our restaurants will benefit from that, and we get to show our town off. Um, our recreation program does an extend, ex- outstanding job at the Park of Bowie Complex. Um, their numbers are increasing as the town grows. They'll be getting more kids involved. Um, and what's great is, and I know this happens in all the other towns as well, but those kids are scouted out by the high school football coach, you know, and they're ready. I mean, they go out and they see who's got talent and they get those kids ready to get into the sports in the school. So, I mean, it's, it's a ever-evolving thing, but it's, it's great because it's really supported by the community and, and it's, um, it's a major, major element into having a good community. And you mentioned, uh, uh, activities for the town. Oh, you just finished a really big dedication for Memorial Day. Uh, remind people how many people came to that. I'd say we had a couple hundred folks out there, maybe a little more, maybe about five or maybe five hundred or, or more. It was a great day because we sort of um, intertwined Veterans Day in with Memorial Day. We did that because we wanted our veterans, um, because these are the folks who have always taken care of Memorial Day. They, they've always made sure that. Um, those who, who died in service were properly memorialized, m- memorialized, and we wanted to um, do something special for them. We wanted them to take lead in the program, and they did. They did an outstanding job. It was great coordination with them. Um, the new monument was dedicated back to them. Um, the names that were on the marker was read by a member of the uh, American Legion, uh, and then we had fireworks. We had a concert. It was a really, really fun night, and We've heard so many comments from members of the public who are from the community who were here who said it was just a nice event for us to bring the family down and relax. It was safe. The fireworks were great. And we're going to do the same thing again in just a couple of weeks for the 4th of July. Um, we're going to use the same area because the ball field, of course, is where we've always had our fireworks. But with the school district taking that back, we've had to look for a new location. Memorial Day was um, obviously Memorial Day was an important event in itself. But we also wanted to use that event as a test run for, is this going to work? Can, can we get everybody in the downtown that normally shows up for the 4th of July fireworks? And I think we can. Um, a new location for the fireworks to be shot from was also uh, a part of that Memorial Day program. It worked out great. Everybody loved it. And it lets us feature downtown. There's some fo- uh, photos that we have. Something I always wanted to see was what would fireworks look like with the gazebo being you know, in the middle of it, because the gazebo is sort of our focal point town. And some of these photos are just excellent. So we're going to be using those for branding at some point. But um, it worked out really, really good. I appreciate you being here as well, because uh, I watched the video. And um, had you not done that, we would not have had that captured. So I appreciate it. Well, remind people when the, 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 the event is and what time and everything for the July 5th. It's going to be Sunday, June the 26th, a little early. Um, we try not, we try to not interfere with anybody else, you know, everybody wants to have their, it's a, it's a small town America, small town USA kind of thing, and so we, we want everybody to have their events and we don't want to interfere with that. So we have ours early, we do it on Sunday every year, uh, so we, we are a whole week out. Um, so June the 26th, Sunday, uh, it will start at 6.30. The Combo Kings from Belton, um, David Jones, his group will be here to do a concert and we'll have inflatables out there, food trucks, and uh, I would really like to see families come out and really utilize the lawn area, bring blankets, um, picnics, whatever they want to do, 
and really you know have downtown as a as a front porch and I, I think Memorial Day sort of gave us indication that people like that and they want that so we're, we're gonna see how it happens how, how it works out uh, you mentioned earlier Jackson Miller is there even any vision casting going on right now about what we'd like to see out there and well Jackson Mill uh, yes yeah, so I don't know if you're aware of this, but a couple of months ago, you know, the mill's been down for about two years now, but the office building was left out there and um, it burned uh, a couple of months ago. So we had to make sure when it burned, obviously our fire, fire departments came in and got it out quickly. We had two firemen that were injured in that. Um, so we needed to get what was left down. So we just had that demoed and out. out. The mill owners, um, so they don't, you have one mill owner who's in Europe, you have another mill owner up in Chicago, and to get these guys here at the same time and really have conversations about what can happen out there is difficult. But that's gonna happen the third week in June. So we're gonna be talking to them and um, we're gonna try to, to nail something down as far as um, where, where the town wants to go with that area and what they need and what is our path forward on this. Obviously that is a commercial area. So, you know, there's no doubt we want to see commercial development there. We would like to see some mixed use in there as far as residential as well. And I, I think we can achieve that. As the town grows, that area becomes more important um, because we're really focused on residential growth right now. We've talked about this. Um, that's been the priority of the council now for the last couple of years. Our mayor and council have said we have to have residential growth in order to get commercial growth. We're working on that. Before we get too far with that, I wanted to say, um, I guess one of the keys is making sure they can get the former mill site money, you know, that federal That's money right. to, to develop. Yeah, yeah, so if anybody from this area, you know, sees the mill, they'll see that we have uh, one of the warehouses still standing up there. We did that on purpose, and we didn't just leave it there. We left it there so that developers could capture the textile credits. That's very important um, in this process. So, um, but, um, yeah. That, that is becoming the priority now. Now that the residential development is taking place, the, the commercial side now is gonna become, become the priority and Jackson Mill will be priority. And I'm looking forward, our mayor and our council is looking forward as well to uh, meeting with the county soon to see what kind of collaboration we can get uh, from them and even our state delegation because uh, it, it's really going to require everybody working together because we'll all benefit. The county's going to benefit, the town's going to benefit. Um, so I think we're at that point now. And we've had people that have called us, we've had folks that have looked at it that, that are interested, but you know we want to make sure that, that that's the only property we've got in town. We've got to make sure it's done absolutely right. And I've heard, um, I've heard Rusty say a couple of times about the, the lot behind the county square. It, it can sit there because what we need to have there, it needs to be the right thing at the right time. So we're not gonna push for something to go there and, and you know, have it, have it hinder future development there that we, that we will need. So uh, we're not rushing on it, but at, at this time we are gonna move in, in the direction of trying to make that a priority. And you mentioned housing and stuff. I know uh, the county council a couple weeks ago, I guess, made it official. They turned over some properties back to IVA. Yes. And uh, yep. were those to be torn down or refurbished or what? So what that was, was a grant that the county got a couple years ago and, and uh, several dilapidated houses throughout the county. 
and then they were uh, generous enough to share some of that with the cities. So we were able to identify two or three properties where we had abandoned, dilapidated homes that needed to be tore down, and so uh, they sort of handled that. We asked them, and I think the properties needed to stay green for a couple of years to sort of, um, they needed to restabilize um, the tax value and all this. So um, we asked the county, would they consider transferring those properties back to us so that we could sort of manage the residential development of that, and, and they were gracious enough to do that. So we are, uh, we're going to be working with them now on, on getting that property uh, completed, the transfer completed. What will happen at this point is, uh, we have developers already ready to build on them. So that returns that property to the tax rolls for the town and the county and the school district. Um, and it brings more um, folks into IVA, which is something we're excited about. We need, you know, we, we need housing um, refurbishment, but we also need new rooftops. And so this will be uh, new rooftops for um, the county and the town and the school to benefit from. Any other new housing news? Yes, we do have a lot of uh, new housing that's planned. Um, right now, we have eight under construction. That's really good for a small town. That's new houses. We have two or three houses that are under, that are under reno heavy renovation that required a, a building permit. Um, I've told you, I think, before that we've had some houses that were relocated into town. Um, so those are, those are being treated as new houses. What is planned? is two subdivisions, um, one that'll have 17 houses in it, and then we're working on another one now that'll be 27 new houses. So um, that, that's a little further down the road, but we're in the planning stages on that now. The 17 houses, um, we should see uh, something moving on that pretty soon, uh, within the next month or two. That's substantial for IVA. That's really, really good. In addition to the others that are going on, I think within the next three years, we could see close to 70 new houses built here. Um, I know there's a, there is a, a push to, to get the development down this way, not just Iva, but the Homeland Park, Star, um, Flat Rock community. There's a lot of people showing interest. We know that the county's interested in, in you know, uh, moving sewer over into the Flat Rock and Star area. That, that's great news because that, pushes, that will push development our way as well. Um, if you build in Star, chances are you're going to come to Iva, um, and and all of these are in the Anderson School District Three, um, so uh, it's it's really really good news, and we're excited to see that finally coming our way. Obviously, we're excited, and and um, we applaud the northern part of the county, but we like our share as well. So uh, <laughs> it looks like it's going to make its way this this way soon. Anything else on your list you had? Uh. We covered it all. Okay, let's recap with events then. All okay. right, so moving ahead, we've got you've got the July 4th celebration. Remind people when that is and what time it starts, and then tell them a little bit more about uh, summer nights and the um, the Little League uh, regional championships. Okay, so June the 26th at 6:30 p.m. is our 4th of July fireworks celebration uh, concert with Combo Kings downtown. Summer Nights continues through the end of October. Every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. we have great bands um, that are in the parking lot there. I call it the parking lot, but it's town square. Um, it, we have a good crowd that shows up for that. And our fall events will start up. We've already uh, put the dates out, Halloween on Main, Depot Day, all this. Um, you can look at our website 
um, for those specific details. The Dixie tournament will start in just a few weeks. I don't know the exact dates on that, but that'll be at the Park of Bowie Complex. Um, that's um, where all these leagues come together and, and play sports, youth, youth leagues. Um, so we're, we're excited to host that. I think that's in partnership with the county as well. So that's a big, big thing. Um, and then um, we'll have a back to school party. We'll be announcing that pretty soon. We'll do that in conjunction with the Summer Nights concert. But, but our events, all of those, if you like us on Facebook, you can, you can see what we've updated there um, for events and then our, our webpage, townofiva.org. Meanwhile, Pelzer is also seeing unprecedented growth and Mayor Will Ragland said there are many challenges ahead to meet the demands of citizens and businesses to meet that growth. Let's start by talking about, uh, Pelzer has really seen phenomenal changes over the last 10 years and that's kind of brought you to a place where you can you have vision and have a lot of ideas remind people what's happened in the last 10 years that helped Pelzer's future and we've told this story before but it is worth repeating because every time people ask about it they cannot believe the change that happened around i believe it was 2015 in that when Pelzer was incorporated around 1952 or 3 they just incorporated the main streets. And I believe that part of that was because the people who ran the mill lived on those streets and they wanted to ensure that the leadership stayed with the leadership of the mill. So in 2015, we explored the idea of incorporating the rest of the town, which included the upper and lower mill villages. And there was a referendum, which I voted in. I was not part of council at that time. I was a fairly new resident, and I believe it passed by only like 17 votes. And overnight, we went from a population of, if you look it up, on census data, 89 to almost 1,400. Pretty big jump in population. Fastest growing city in South Carolina. <laughs> I could claim that, but it wouldn't be necessarily true. <laughs> Yeah, so <clears throat> what that did was is that it expanded our town limits all along the Saluda River and all the way up to uh, Highway 20 and beyond and allowed people to have a say in how the town uh, was run in that they could run for office. And prior to that, I am told it was hard to get people to be on town council because you were basically drawing from the same four streets, some of which were small streets. So uh, you went from basically the same people getting elected over and over again because there was no one to challenge them to that next election with 11 candidates running all at once. It was the biggest we'd ever seen. So it opened up um, that door to people to be able to serve in ways that they could not before. They were all still paying their, their bills, their water and sewer bills, but they were not allowed to uh, run for office. And there were other advantages to annexing the rest of the town as well. Um, but uh, the main one was that you're now all officially part of what we do and you can be included in how things are run for you. So I, I really haven't known Pelzer that much other than being a full official town you know <clears throat> I've lived here for I guess eight years now 
and I'm still brand new. I'm thought of as an outsider <laughs> because I'm a Yankee from Powdersville. <laughs> but it's all good. But that, um, you know, Pelzer has sat kind of dormant for decades, and I say that with confidence, and I don't, I don't say that to be, to be offensive, but it's true. When the mill shut down, everything kind of shut down with it. I, I believe the last mill was uh, closed around 1990, if, uh, if I'm correct in that. So literally decades of no activity, no growth, no stimulation, no industry, and things were continuing to be lost such as our uh, school, Pelzer Elementary, our pool was sold. Uh, and so people began this mindset of, uh, began developing this mindset of nothing's happening here and everything's being taken from us and people will promise us things and not follow through, which developed the sentiment of anger, distrust, which permeates today. And now that we've got a new outlook, new prospects of business and investment, new things happening in and for Pelzer, we're seeing that attitude change slowly, but it is. It is my hope that people here start to believe again that Pelzer doesn't have to be last place anymore, that it can strive to be first place in everything the way we used to be in the heyday of the mills. Uh, we have a rich history. We have a, uh, a great story to tell. And that story was put on pause for a while. And now it's time to rekindle the fire of that story and to write new chapters to that story. Change is hard. Change is scary. And the new annex property <clears throat> Talk, remind people of the development. There's a lot of stuff going on down there. I mean, well, the the Pelzer Heritage Commission is the biggest landowner in the city of the, the town of Pelzer. They were given for free uh, seventy something acres from a company that had purchased the properties and um, harvested them for raw materials for construction. It's very sad that our upper mill was bought and torn down and sold for parts when we could have had a, an amazing complex of uh, apartments just like every other place in the upstate's doing. So <clears throat> they inherited this property for free and they had been working hard trying to clean it up through major EPA grants with help from friends in Columbia. Now that that's happened, these properties are ready for development which um, has been exciting and frustrating. There's been some road bumps, uh, road blocks and, and speed bumps along the way. We're not really sure what is uh, going to happen with those. We know that a lot of people want a piece of the pie now. The folks are fighting over Pelzer property and uh, it's good to be fought over. But it's also, again, kind of scary to think about, are we getting the best deal here? Is this what's best for Pelzer because you only get one shot. I will add to this that last night we did vote to annex more property at our council meeting, uh, one of which was a small portion, which is the old Pine Lawn Cemetery. 
it's Pelzer's Historic Cemetery. It just was, happened to be outside of our town limits, owned by the Pelzer Heritage Commission, and they um, asked to be annexed, just to be an official part of the town. And uh, our extra police coverage can then patrol that area. So we have uh, voted on the first reading of that. The second one was a much larger piece of land that has recently been purchased and closed on by a development uh, company. It is uh, 56 acres on Courtney Street, just south of here. And if you look at a map, it's already kind of surrounded by the town of Pelzer. And right across the street from them is Pelzer's Lagoon property, that giant piece of 120 acres of land that Pelzer owns. So they have applied to be a part of the town. We have voted yes unanimously on the first reading of that. They intend to build single family homes. And so this is a big deal for Pelzer because we have not seen mass construction of residential here since the 1890s. Uh, so this is huge to bring in a whole new set of streets and homes and new Pelzerites and I hope they get along with the, the old ones. <laughs> well, and, and the, uh, it's a very attractive area for growth. I mean, so we're talking about the, even not only the old mill site, the other, other pieces of property here in Pelzer. Everybody's looking at this area, this part of the county growth, and this is obviously one of the next places everybody's looking to move. Well, back. everyone knows that Greenville's getting, getting big and everything is growing around Greenville as well. And we've seen it, we've seen the interest, so has West Pelzer and Williamston. Piedmont is about to get a lot of new houses. I don't know how we're going to have enough schools for all these new kids coming in. It's exciting to have the new growth, the new attention, but at the same time, you're, you're a little worried about losing the character and identity of these places. That's one thing that we're trying to do here in Pelzer is, is welcome growth. We want the growth. We want the business is what we need. But at the same time, we want that, that new growth to fit in with what's here, to fit in with the uniqueness of Pelzer. And so I've met with these developers and they're very successful and they're good people and they've done a lot of really great projects. So we're excited about that. And as we continue to talk with them, I, I encourage them to uh, build what will fit within our already established historic community rather than create a departure from it because it's, it's right here, right next door. It's on a beautiful, beautiful lot, a big lot with you know, um, creeks and mature trees. It's really nice out there. And so I look forward to um, seeing what they do and meeting the new people who move there. And uh, like we always say, Pelzer's about 30 minutes from everywhere. That 30 minute radius includes Greenville, Simpsonville, Anderson, and Easley. And the reason I know that for sure is because all those people come see my plays. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because the thing I was gonna mention is one of the things you've had as a priority since you became mayor is quality of life issues. Uh, having green spaces and parks and trails and encouraging the arts community. Talk about why that's been so important for a town like Pelzer. 
You, you ask any municipality, they would love to have a successful venue of ticketed events. Why is that? It doesn't have to be a community theater, it could be anything. It could be a concert venue. Any venue that brings in ticketed events brings in tourists. And those folks are looking for a place to eat. And if uh, your town has cheaper gas than the next town, they're going to be buying some gas if they can afford it. <laughs> but <clears throat> ask anyone, and they want that. Uh, a lot of folks know that my theater group, Milltown Players, has been successful in the past with attendance because we like to keep our uh, shows of high quality and the ticket prices of uh, the best affordability that we're able to do. We've not changed our prices since 18. Yeah, I was going to say, remind me when y'all started. We started in 2014, the year I moved here, and uh, ticket prices then were only seven, eight, and ten dollars. And then we raised them uh, in 18 to ten dollars for seniors and students and military and twelve dollars for the general public. And we've stayed at that level since 2018. We don't plan to change it anytime soon. Uh, we are one of the most affordable community theaters in the area. I believe it's us and Market Theater, our good friends at Market Theater in downtown Anderson. And uh, so that's important to us because we want to be accessible to everybody. We don't want to be uh, an activity only for the, the rich or people who are affluent or able have you know, that uh, disposable income. We want to be a place where anybody who wants to see a show can. And so we're trying real hard to stay right there. So we've been around for uh, eight, this is our eighth season. So next season, starting uh, in the fall, will be our ninth, of course. And then also we're starting our first season in Simpsonville. Uh, Simpsonville has had their eye on us for many years, actually since our beginning, because Simpsonville was considered a location for Milltown players originally. But because the auditorium here was uh, vacant and the school district had the foresight to say, hey, we want you to start something here and we'll enable you to have cheap tickets. They are the reason we're here in Pelzer, the reason I'm here in Pelzer. I would ne have never come here or moved here had it not been for starting my theater company here. So well, now... Say, like you just said, it brings, it's not about <coughs> you, but it brings a lot of people. A lot of people know Pelzer because of the theater, right? Well, today they do. They do. Ask anywhere. You know, um, and I'm very proud of that. You know, if you go anywhere, people say, Pelzer, oh yeah. I've seen shows down there, Milltown Players. And that is a positive thing to be excited about. Several years ago, I used to uh, search for Pelzer to see you know, how we came up in the news. And it was usually things like arson and theft, drugs, uh, shooting, and then Milltown Players. I was there to try to balance it all out. So we're trying to continue with that balance so that the reputation and the uh, appearance of Pelzer is one that is positive as we continue to attract new people and new businesses here. Um, yeah, you talk, talk, one of the things I know you've done is uh, remind people about uh, how you, you, you know, made a priority of improving the parks and the green spaces. Thank you for reminding me about that. You know, 
Pelzer probably has more green space per capita than anywhere else that I know of. We have so many parks and we're hopefully about to get even more. One of the, um, the highlights of the master plan is a townwide trail system. And I am working on that to try and secure the land needed for that trail system. It all depends on the answers of the Pelzer Heritage Commission. I'm waiting on them. I'm also waiting on Central Rivers, the hydro plant that owns all of that riverfront property right there on the Saluda. Uh, they have offered me a permanent easement, which is a great place to start, so that we can begin uh, looking at constructing our townwide trail system. And the further goal is to connect that system to West Pelzer and Williamston. Ask anyone who has any sense, do trails help a town? And the answer is a big, bold yes. You look anywhere that has a successful trail system, such as, I mean, do we even have to say it? Swamp Rabbit Trail and Traveler's Rest. Everyone knows that story. When I was a kid growing up, we never went to Traveler's Rest unless you went to Sunrift Adventures to buy some outdoor equipment. That's the only reason. The Swamp Rabbit Trail goes in, Traveler's Rest sees a boom, okay? It is great for quality of life, for tourism, for connectivity, you know, for someone to get on their bike and to be able to take a safe trail through green space to go visit a friend. I mean, that is a really great amenity to have. It's like you're in some kind of a beach resort where you have all these little paths and connect everywhere else. We can have that. We can find the funding for it too. You don't even have to pay for it if you live here. But you're going to, all you got to do is say, hey, good idea, let's do it. And uh, it'll take off. So, you know, it is challenging to maintain our properties uh, because we only have two employees that do it. That, I was going to mention, Pelzer also had the first ADA accessible kayak launch in the county. The That's right. And for you to say that and remind us of that is a big deal because the Saluda River has some major attention now and major traffic. My buddy Nathan Weaver and the Saluda River Rambler is uh, a big hit. He takes them, he takes anybody who wants to go on the river, takes care of everything. Provides the kayak, the transportation, they drop in at Piedmont, come on down to Pelzer, picks them up, takes them back, and it's cheap. So Nathan Weaver, thank you, sir. And I've, I've tried to encourage him to move here over and over and over, but it, you know, apparently he just refinanced his house, so he can't, so whatever. We'll get them one day. <laughs> but the, the traffic with the, the Saluda River uh, Rally, is that what it was called, right? That was a big deal a couple weeks ago. And uh, people love it because you get on that river, all your troubles go away. You get out in nature, water, and the trees around you. Oh, man, it's beautiful. And it's right here. And uh, one day I look forward to having the time to go down there and do that. If I can lose some weight and fit on some of those kayaks, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and maybe some of these trails will encourage us to get outside and drop some pounds that we put on from the pandemic. <laughs> you also have uh, done a lot to, to refurbish and renovate the historic Monkey Park. Yes. And how is that looking now? Well, I will tell you... Uh, the monkey part was looking pretty rough. It, it was truly a jungle. <laughs> Without monkeys. <laughs> Without monkeys or anything else. But perhaps some 
vagrants who like to uh, sleep there or throw their trash there. And so when I was uh, elected most recently, I guess in the beginning of 20, we looked at our hospitality funds and they weren't being spent. And I asked, I said, why are you not spending this? Well, we're poor. Yes, but this is intended for things such as park maintenance. That's what it's for. And so we had a lot of money just sitting there that had been collected that no one had put to use. And so we spent some time over there clearing everything out, cutting down dead and dangerous trees, raising the canopy of all those trees, doing some grading, putting up fencing, and lighting the whole place really well at night, uh, painting, repainting and roofing the picnic shelter, repainting the uh, old bathrooms, doing some extra landscaping, nothing really to talk about yet, but, um, and we put in a handicapped swing set, which is great to have. So basically we cleaned it up so you can actually walk over there and you know, enjoy it. But someone recently said the monkey part was boring, which, which kind of hurt my feelings, but it's true, it, it is boring. And when you have um, options of where to take your kids, currently monkey park might be at the bottom of your list because there's only a few swing sets and uh, you know, people go out there and use the, the picnic shelter and leave their trash all over the ground. And um, so, We've done a lot to maintain it and to improve it, and so we've come a long way, but as they say, you ain't seen nothing yet. And what I would really like to do in planning ahead for this next fiscal year is to hire someone to give us a master plan for the monkey park. Because, you know, a lot of folks will have ideas and say, we need a picnic shelter, or we need this, and how about we do this? And they're all good ideas, but if you're just gonna throw them out there randomly, like rolling the dice, I think that's uh, not as intelligent or uh, you know, as, as forward-thinking as saying, let's plan the whole thing out. And then when you say, we need a picnic shelter, you say, you're right. In that plan, there are places for three more picnic shelters. Now we know where it's going to go in order to benefit the entire vision of this space. We also know what type of picnic shelter it's going to be so that we create our own brand that when you come to Monkey Park and take a picture or selfie or whatnot and people see it, they say, oh, I recognize that. Those shelters are in the Monkey Park. And many other parks are very successful at doing this. And uh, for example, in Williamston, the Spring Park, which is uh, you know, one of the oldest public parks in the nation, when you think about that, you, know, you think about that shape of the Victorian uh, wooden shingled roof on that structure above the the spring and of course they built another one like that and once you have two it becomes oh that's our thing that's our brand that's how we recognize it and that structure is put on their town seal and so when you think about Williamson in the spring you think about that that structure so those things I'm interested in and in branding the town not just with a logo or colors or whatnot but uh, when you come here, how do we ensure that everything we have here is unique to this place and is something that you cannot find everywhere else? I mean, being from Powdersville as a child, 
was wonderful. And my parents still live there. And it's a great place, a really, uh, thriving community. I love it. But, you know, if you drive down 153 with the urban sprawl, it looks like every other place just like that. So the thing that we've got going for us in Pelzer and Williamson and West Pelzer is that, you know, you get to have that, oh, this is an old town. Oh, people have lived here a long time. And the building next door was built in the 1800s. And you're like, oh, wow, really? So our roots are deep. They might be dried up a little bit, but they're deep and they're still alive. And that's what we have to always think about for Pelzer. It's like when, when something comes in, we have to say, well, is this going to be a part of who we are? And we also get to decide who we are. It's very exciting, you know? Uh, when we talked about our town flag and we were trying to think of symbols and such, that was a hard thing for a lot of residents to, to accept. How important is the hospitality tax to this? Huge! You kidding me? Hospitality funds is like the only thing we've got to spend around here. And we don't make a lot. No, sir. We've got three places. Mama Mia's, El McGay, and the Deli at Food Line. And that's it. And I try to, to go to those places as much as I can to support them. And I, I, rec I recommend them to anybody who wants uh, that type of food. Go for it, man. They're good people, nice people. So that's it. And it's 2% on all prepared foods. And other places have loads of money for hospitality. Bigger towns. Uh, you know, I'm very jealous of, of Williamston's hospitality uh, funds budget. Oh, man, if I had that kind of money. Woo! Lord have mercy. So we get to use that for little things like little events or if anything having to do with uh, tourism. You know, we, we bought all these American flags up and down uh, Levy Street here to celebrate the, the time between Memorial Day and July 4th. Just to get, just to, you know, give ourselves a little, little uh, lift our spirits and get everybody excited about this time of year and and um, show off our patriotism. If I want to uh, do anything for a park, anything new outside of just straight maintenance, that money is there for us to use. We can also use it on the community building, which we have a plan to totally redo with um, ARPA funding, hopefully. And um, so anything like the gym, we're sitting right here. You know, if we want to refurbish this lobby, which I hope that we can in, in this coming year, I've got some ideas to make this lobby more um, useful and more uh, attractive for folks to come in here and use on a daily basis. I would like to see all of our buildings and our parks used all the time. One thing that makes me sad is I drive past our ball fields every day. And there's nobody out there using them. And there haven't been for years. I've never seen in my time here which is almost 10 years, never seen those ball fields used on a consistent basis at all. And that makes me sad because they're historic. They've been there for 100 years. There used to be a giant grandstand out there and a horse track. And, you know, Pelzer was the best at sports anywhere around with the mill teams. I mean, heck, Shoeless Joe Jackson lived here as a little boy, you know. Probably played a little bit here before we moved to Brandon Mill. Um, but... You know, how do you, what do you do with that? Like, we've got just enough money to sort of maintain it. But can we get a master plan for that area that suits the needs for Pelzer folks and also 
for tourism. And, you know, Williamson's got a thriving recreation program. We used to have one when the mill was here and paid for everything, but now there's no way to fund that. And there's really not as much interest in that. And we can't compete with what's literally five minutes away. What about events? You got any events coming up this summer? We do. We have our uh, second annual Freedom Fest on July the 2nd. It's a Saturday. And we had a lot of fun with that last year, and we hope to do that again. We're looking forward to uh, having a patriotic parade as well. Entries are being taken. So anything that goes on in Pelzer, you can find on our uh, Facebook page, which is very popular, and uh, on the website as well. But uh, those things are happening. We're also planning a celebration of, to celebrate the 100th year anniversary of this place we're sitting in right now, our historic gym which was built in 1922. So we're gonna have a party to celebrate that coming up. There are a few car shows in the fall to get excited about as well. But uh, right now we're all looking at July 4th. There's gonna be a big old fireworks display on the 4th down in the lower mill, which is being supported by the town of Pelzer. And also mainly the Pelzer Heritage Commission is the main funder of that event. But also we've got some area churches. The Church of God is providing some free food. And last year that was a massive hit down there. And the uh, residents of the lower mill uh, put on that event. And um, it's the same people, some of the same people who are the light people at Christmas. So the light people like to uh, get things lit at Christmas and also for July 4th. So if you, if you don't have a place to go, we're going to have a big old display down here on the 4th, the evening of the 4th. Uh, it's a Monday night, but uh, we're, they're spending twice as much money as they did last year. So it should be twice as good. Well, we'll catch up in the fall and talk about the light people and Christmas parade then. Sounds like a good plan. Yes, sir. Honeypath has also approved their budget and is looking at a busy summer with a lot of events scheduled. But even more, they're looking to some really big announcements in the fall. And Mayor Christopher Burton tease those announcements and talked about what's going on in Honeypath in my interview with him. A lot of people watch these updates and people ask me, well, if they're not from this part of the county or if they're not from Anderson, where is Honeypath and what's it near? Tell people a little bit about the location of Honeypath, how it's kind of unique. Sure. So Honeypath is in the middle of everything is what we like to say. Um, you got a 25-minute drive to Abbeville Hospital, 35-minute um, 30, drive to Self Memorial, and probably 30 minute drive to Anderson Hospital System. Um, so all of those places are, are, we're right centralized between all of them. We can be in Simpsonville in 30 minutes. We can be in downtown Greenville in 45. So we're a town outside of towns, I guess is the way to put it. Um, but it's, it's a great place to live if you don't want to, you know, the hustle and bustle of say Woodruff Road or Pelham or um, up that way, traffic flows, pretty decent through Honeypath and if you don't mind commuting it's a great place to live and then commute to work. You've also got one of the, the best old-time down Main Street downtowns with stores and stuff left in the county too. Yes sir and they're they're old and a lot of them need some TLC and we got but it looks like a hometown when you walk downtown. Absolutely does it, it looks like uh, like a hometown that uh, people really want to be in so um, we, we got some projects going. We got uh, a scholarship. A scholarship. Let's start over. You're going to edit it. Let's start right? with we got some projects going. We got some projects going, and 
our grant writer, Jan Bratcher, has recently secured us a $25,000 facade grant. Um, it's coming up in August. Uh, the grant providers come in to speak with the town, and, and this is a 50-50 match. So if somebody spends 5000 on their facade, we'll give them 2500 back. Um, so that's something we're looking forward to in August, getting that rolling. But, yes, yeah, it's a very unique town. Um, Main Street, like you said, it's, a, it's just an, a hometown feel and uh, Honey Path has one of only two town sponsored swimming pools in the state. I think the other is in Casey maybe. Um, but it was very instrumental in our police kids camp that was put on last week. Kids got to enjoy the pool and uh, the fire department come out and sprayed the water up in there and let it rain down on them. Kids had a big time with that. Uh, before it was over with I, I, I believe I saw a lot of the adults over there too getting getting rain down on so we had a real good week last week with the police kids camp and that goes along with what, what you said uh, what you asked with the pool and the hometown feel but um, it re went real well. Is all that kind of playing into attracting more housing here? Y'all getting a lot of housing starts starting to come in? Yes sir we do have um, quite a few new constructions going up. I, I think last time we spoke I said about you know seven to ten maybe a couple of them's finished and people's moved in but I'm I've noticed a couple more popping up now too. So we are getting some some movement into Honey Path, some growth here, and some great news coming. I hope I can share with you in the fall uh, when you come and interview me. But uh, I'll just put it like this: there's some probably some housing coming also. So we look forward to that. You said you had some other big news coming on going on in Honey Path. What can we talk about now? We got the 4th of July event coming up, or the Independence Celebration. It'll be um, not this coming Saturday, but July 2nd Saturday. Um, going to start around 2 o'clock with live music. We're going to have the pool open, and want to remind folks there is a limit inside the gate of 150 people. So uh, if you come late and the pool's full, just be patient. Somebody will get out eventually. Uh, don't want people fighting and arguing about not being able to get in the pool. There is a 150 DHEC standard. Um, limit to the pool area a huge fireworks show again at mid at uh dark put on by classic carolina ford here in honey path they've uh, sponsored with us on this event now this will be the third year they're doing a outstanding job in town they they really support the town and, and monetarily and you know word of mouth and they help us um uh advertise and whatnot so carolina ford's very instrumental in our fourth of july celebration and that's a that's a real big summer event annually here, right? That's one of y'all's big cornerstone summer events. It's beginning to be. It is. We've only started it since I've been mayor, um, so it's, it's it's third year now, and hopefully next year will be four. And depending on how how the voters feel next November, uh, we may have it four more years. Whether I'm in office or not, we may have it. So I'm hoping so. Well, I know summer is busy time. I guess uh, there are other events going on. I guess kids' recreation is still going on, too. Yeah, we do have a uh, 12 and under team in the World Series, um, Little League World Series. I'm not sure a lot of the details. I know they're playing in Anderson soon, and, and if they, they win there, they'll go on from there. So we're looking forward to that. Um, all our other recreation sports are, are coming to a close. They're not completely closed out yet, but uh, had a real good season. Girls softball and, and uh, all the different T-ball uh, ball and um, other leagues here in Honeypath. So, uh, Rex done a fine job. Can't say enough about Tim Pace. He's uh, 
he's done a great job, and if you've ever talked to Tim, you'll know he's 100% honey pack. And he, he could talk about this town for hours and hours and hours, but uh, got a shout out to um, Hunter as well, Hunter Pace, his son. He's um, a, rec, a part rec director also, and uh, they just they do a great job. Tim was with us all week last week at kids camp, making sure the pool was clean and ready. And Johnny Holcomb and his crew of lifeguards, they've done a great job as well. So the wreck's doing great. Um, we we do feel like it could do better. And there's some things that I'm about to implement to untie Tim's hands, if you will, to some extent, and give him, you know, the the necessary means to do what he's got to do for the town. And I guess they're kind of gearing up for little league football. Won't be long. Um, still waiting to see if uh, Sean Bozeman's going to pull us another uh, undefeated season in the in the championship here in uh, Honeypath. Uh, again, shout out to the town employees. Uh, not only is he our police chief, but he's he's a coach of one of the football teams. And like I said, they went undefeated last year and won it all. So we're looking forward to that. Sign ups are coming up soon. Um, I don't think Tim's posted or Hunter's posted it on. Facebook yet, but um, we'll be sharing that and getting it out there for the people. How about other any other summer events after the July Independence Day thing? Nothing really in the summer. We do have our fall festival. It'll be the second Saturday in October, and we schedule it uh, around Belton Standpipe Festival. We don't want two close towns having a festival together same day, so I believe the Standpipe will be the first Saturday in October, and the uh, fall festival here, Sugarfoot Fall Festival here, and Honeypath will be the second, and uh, we got some great bands lined up again, and there'll be uh, vendors and activities, and that'll be on Main Street this year. Fourth uh, of July celebration or Independence celebration will be at um, the ball field over at the Rec Center. So we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit and have one over there because you can't shoot fireworks downtown Honeypath, so. Uh, We'll have the fall festival back on Main Street, and uh, believe it may be uh, October eighth, maybe something like that. This second Saturday in October. Uh, what about uh, it's budget time? How's the budget looking? Budget's looking real good. We just um, voted on the budget, and it passed in April. Um, as you know, I was out in May. Uh, um, Tell people about your adventure yeah. here. People that don't know you don't know you're the, a man of adventure. Yeah, so my youngest daughter, um, Aaliyah, she graduated from USC Aiken in Aiken, South Carolina. And um, I was proud of her, and I told her I'd you know, do whatever she wanted to do for a graduation present. So she had about 34 states that she had been to. And I had been to about 40 myself before our trip in May, and we just decided we'd just we'd, get, we'd finish all 50 out. So uh, we took her little Ford Focus and drove up to Maine and hit about six, eight states up there that she hadn't seen and about six that I hadn't seen and got out and walked around. You know, we didn't just drive through the state. To say you've been there, you at least got to get out and buy a postcard or something. <laughs> so uh, I think my wife and and my other kids got tired of getting postcards because we mailed about 20 a day, I believe. But uh, left Maine, went by Niagara Falls, a couple of other spots, and our, our go ultimate goal on, on that leg of the trip was to get to Seattle. Uh, so we, we got to Seattle, and we went up in the Space Needle and took a lot of pictures, and then uh, got up the next morning and flew to Anchorage, Alaska, uh, walked around Anchorage, uh, 
couple hours that evening and got up the next morning we had plenty of time to get back on the plane so we um we toured anchorage there and thing about alaska this time of year it was still light outside at 11 p.m and uh, woke up the next morning thinking we'd overslept and light was beaming right in my eye and it was only 4 a.m so it was only dark for five hours but um had a good time flew back to seattle drove down to um lax and Got on a plane the next day and flew to Maui, Hawaii, and uh, spent one day there. And it's beautiful. Hawaii is absolutely gorgeous. And had a real good time. Flew back to L.A., spent a day at Disneyland. And it, when we landed in Hawaii, that was all 50 for me. I, I visited all 50 states. Probably spent a night in 40-plus. So um, She still lacked um, Colorado and Kansas. So instead of coming across 40 from L.A., we went back through uh, Las Vegas and then to Utah and then hit Colorado and come on across Kansas to get home. But I tell you, the thing that amazes me most about this trip is we leave here and it's, I don't know, 70 degrees. We get to Butte, Montana and it's snowing on us. And May 10th, it's, I mean, it's coming down. We get behind a snow plow, the plow on the roads, and I'm like, man, this is May. This is unheard of. But we get to Alaska, and it's, of course, froze over everything, except right in Anchorage. And Hawaii 75 degrees year-round from what the cab driver told us. But uh, come through Vegas, like I said, it was 104. So feel like we've seen every weather pattern you can think of except a hurricane on this trip. So we went through some heavy thunderstorms, too, and snow and you know, heat and drought and everything. But it, it was a real good trip. It was uh, something we've been planning for about three years, so... Um, I hate that it's over, as, as she does as well. Do you know how many miles y'all travel? I put 8,214 on her car, and then we flew another right at 8,000 from the two trips we took. Um, come in way under budget. I, I the Things wasn't as high out west as I thought they was going to be. They higher than here, of course, but uh, we, we come way under budget. And people think that... Um, you know, you got to be rich to do something like that. No, you don't. You just got to save for three years. It just, I think we got about $7,200 an entire trip, and that's 18, 17 nights lodging, um, snacks, gas, flights, toll roads. Let me let me warn you now, you go up north, you're going to hit a toll road about every about every every turn you make. So there's a lot, a lot of that going on, but uh, it's not as expensive as people think. I mean. But we had a real good time. Do you have any favorite states you remember you'd like to oh, go back to? Oh gosh, huh? Some place you'd really like to go back and spend some more time? Yeah, Hawaii, definitely. I mean, we spent about 26 hours in Hawaii and got on the plane and come home. Well, it wound up being about 28 hours because the plane kept getting delayed because our spot at the terminal, uh, we was the plane was late, so it had to wait a couple extra hours waiting on the terminal to open up. But Alaska's beautiful. I'd like to see more of Alaska. Um, people ask me all the time, said, you've been to all 50 states? Well, in the last couple of weeks, I have said, if you wanted to move out of South Carolina, which I would never, I love this town, I love this state, but Montana, I think, is calling my name if I ever do move, because Montana's absolutely gorgeous. For, and I'm going to tell you, it's, it's God's beauty, not man's beauty, that makes Montana so attractive. It's just gorgeous. Did you run into nice folks pretty much everywhere? I did. Um, you know, a lot of the Southerners uh, have this preconception that Northerners and Western 
you know, out west is rude. They're not. They're just as nice as uh, people I've met around here. I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of good people everywhere. When and we run into the good ones, I guess. I say it was all very polite. I did get fussed at one time. I stopped in New Jersey, hopped out of my car and grabbed a gas handle, and the woman come running over. You can't pump your own gas. I didn't know that. And Oregon either. You, you self service is not allowed in New Jersey or Oregon, and I had no idea. So I didn't know, and she was kind of chuckling when I was like, you know, but that uh, that surprised me a little bit. But we saw the Liberty Bell and the Statue of Liberty and um, Covered Bridge in Vermont, and a statue there in Vermont was beautiful. And like I said, Niagara Falls, we went there, and we've already been to Yellowstone and um, Mount Rushmore and the Grand Canyon. We've done all that on a previous trip, so but we had a real good time. Well, you came back. Uh, any new business looking to come in here? I don't know, how's that growing? How's the town growing? Well, I tell you, if you look over on the board over there, that's the agenda for June. Uh, me being out in May, we didn't have much of an agenda, so we're catching up now. Uh, I think we got 18 items on the agenda tomorrow night. A uh, couple of them uh, agenda items over there is, is about some things that we're going to be doing downtown, some businesses that are talking to us. Um, you know, the black cow was sold, and uh, Eric Little has purchased it, and he's looking for a renter to go in there. And uh, he asked me, he said, um, what do you think people of Honeypath want? And I said, well, that's easy to answer because I just polled them not too long ago, and the overwhelming response was a coffee shop, uh, pastries, something such as that. Number two was a good set-down steakhouse, and number three was like a sports bar. Wings and sandwiches, TVs on the wall, sports, you know, related. So uh, all three, any of the three would be great for, for the town. I think um, it would be patronized, you know, strongly here. Uh, we, we definitely have a need for all three, I think. Um, so that's one good thing that's, that's in the works right now. And, again, I wish I could uh, – I've been asked to keep some things secret for now, so – just know that some some great things are in the work. Uh, something that's going, you know, really please the the town uh, if it comes to fruition. So we'll we'll we waiting and seeing. Yeah, I see Dogwood Park's up there. What's going on at Dogwood Park? Um, Dogwood Park. We've had the um, Born Learning Trail uh, donated by uh, United Way. It's an interactive trail through the the um, park there, and it's. Uh, signs that that's been put up and that you know if you're walking through the trail one of the signs may say stop and listen what do you hear um you know what do you see pick out a tree that you don't you know normally recognize in the park stuff like that uh, maybe a hopscotch painted on the uh, sidewalk stuff so very interactive um the civitans of Honeypath have requested um some hospitality funds uh, not much about fifteen hundred dollars they want to do the labor themselves all they looking for is the um, material and they're going to redo the stage there in um, Dogwood Park and that's on the agenda for tomorrow night as well I'm sure that'll be be passed you know the hospitality tax was created by the state to help attract um, people to your town so that's what we we plan on doing is um, beautifying the town a little bit, getting some things rolling here and getting people down here to see what Honeypath's all about.
And the stage in the park will maybe allow you to attract more events and things. Now. Yes, sir. Um, our planning committee's uh, already uh, looking at having some uh, Honey Path's Got Talent type um, things that went on in Honey Path several years ago. We're looking to bring that back. Uh, having the stage refurbished really helped that out a lot. So we just. Uh, we're just waiting to see see how all this plays out in the next couple of weeks, months. So, looking good for the town, though. Well, you sound like you've got a, a, a box load of good news that you can't talk about. So, we'll catch up in September and you can tell me all those things you couldn't tell me today. Hopefully, I can show you a lot of it in September. This week ahead also includes a lot of other events. Uh, the Electric City Playhouse kicks off Madagascar Jr. this weekend. The United Way Dream Awards are set for Friday night, and Anderson County's library will open an art exhibit by local artist Nat Morris, and a new temporary exhibit at the nicely air-conditioned comfort of the Anderson County Museum features musical connections and influence of our town and those things that have had on music, uh, along with the memories of music in the county. Museum curator Dustin Norris said he's excited about this new temporary exhibit. So we're standing here in our new temporary exhibit, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, uh, which focuses on the music history of Anderson County, and it's going to run into the early fall of the year, probably in uh, September or so. And whose who's idea was this? Well, uh, a lot of our ideas come from a lot of different places, so I don't think there's one person that can claim this one. I know that Donna Roper, uh, who is, uh, was a longtime uh, museum employee and also been a great volunteer for us. She wanted to have a big part in this uh, for a long time. Other volunteers, myself and the, uh, the rest of the staff, we've all had connections that we share to the county and to the content in here. So this is our chance to bring it all together and finally create something. Well, tell me about this exhibit. What kind of things do we find in here? Well, we've got, uh, as you can see, we've sort of set up the exhibit around some of our larger artifact pieces that we want to get out and share with the public, uh, larger instruments. Uh, it was a great chance to do that, but the main thing that we're highlighting in here are uh, certain connections that Anderson County individuals have or locations have to the larger music history of the nation. Um, the, the title itself, Shake, Rattle, and Roll, comes from the story of Evelyn McGee Stone, who married Jesse Stone, who was a writer of Shake, Rattle, and Roll in the 1950s. So uh, she was a local Anderson uh, singer who grew up singing in churches and uh, with her family, and then had a very successful music career of her own. So those kinds of people are our jumping off points for exploring how music has shaped uh, our society and the way that we view the past, uh, either through music education or in religion, uh, political expression, any of these different um, roles that music can play in our lives. There are certainly individuals highlighted in each section uh, and then also some of the broader themes that we discuss too alongside them and sort of just weave it into the past uh, and then also getting the visitors involved too in this interactive section where we've asked people to share their musical memories with us so already we've gotten uh, responses that vary from people who don't who have not lived here for a long time maybe they're a college student living here temporarily who've told us about their experience going to a large concert in the recent years or someone who's a long time or lifelong even anderson resident who remembers a very obscure music venue where they may have met their spouse or these different stories that come up so there's a lot of variation there too 
Were you surprised at all the connections between Anderson and the music world? A lot of them I've been very surprised with. For, for instance, uh, there's long been the story that uh, Lionel Richie was born in Anderson, which we sort of had to amend uh, that uh, it was, in fact, his father who might have been born in Anderson, but they do share a name. Uh, we've got just below me here a story about John Davis, who uh, many people will remember the controversy surrounding M Millie Vanilli and the lip syncing uh, uh, controversy that came out surrounding uh, their Grammy win. And John Davis from Anderson was the voice that was singing. That's, that's who you heard. So uh, different people like this who have popped up and we're able to share their stories with the public through this exhibit. So another good thing that happens when we do an exhibit like this is that information continues to roll in even after the opening. So, so already we have had a family who noticed the photograph of Claude Roberts, who has been included in the exhibit, and they have come in and shared additional information about his life. Before this, all we had was a really cool photograph of an Equinox Mill employee with his guitar. And now we have so much more detail about his life, including the fact that he had somewhat of a terrible accident in the mill that crushed one of his hands and for a number of years he was unable to play uh, until he recovered and he actually lived out the rest of his life being able to play church piano. So uh, we have so many more details like that that flood in after an exhibit comes open. So another reason that we encourage people to come and see it for the duration. Yes, we are open uh, 10 to 7 on Tuesdays and 10 to 4 Wednesday through Saturday. This exhibit is open anytime that our gallery is open. So we welcome people to come in, uh, bring your phones. As we were talking about earlier, we've included some different technological components and QR codes where people can play clips and uh, find further information about some of the individuals that are highlighted. So uh, be prepared to take advantage of those opportunities too. And that's it for this edition of the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust. Tune in next time for more news and updates, including an interview with Anderson Mayor Terrence Roberts. But until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. We do the days together. Spend the nights